You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Yeah. To uh, come up here after worship like that and speak coherently... I hope you all give me a little grace. (laughs) Thank you, God. (laughs) For the past month or so, I've been um, um, just resting in Genesis. And I, I know, you know, Genesis means origins, beginnings. But the thing that's really jumped out to me this time going through it has been the blessing. I mean, it's just, it's like I'm seeing it everywhere in the book of Genesis, just blessing after blessing after blessing. So I feel like that's what we're supposed to talk about this morning and not just um, bringing up the blessings, but maybe some of the lessons learned, some of the situations that these people were in when they received or gave a blessing, just how important the blessing is. Proverbs 10, 22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. It starts out, I mean, in the first chapter, you know, God blessed Adam and Eve. says that he blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, that's really good, Rachel. <laughs> that's, whew. So, the Hebrew word for bless means to confer prosperity or happiness on, to endow or favor, to give favor to. So we're going to look at some uh, examples and attitudes of of blessing uh, through the book of Genesis, and then we're going to um, consider, you know, moving a few thousand years forward, how all this fits in with us. The first one I'd like to look at, and we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today, so... um, Genesis chapter 26. Genesis 26. There we go. Um, okay, so, so this is uh, talking about Isaac. And he's, he's, he's dwelling as a foreigner in this land that God had given to Abraham or promised to Abraham. And... Um, He finds himself in the middle of a famine. In verse 1, it says, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. So 
Isaac was just a few miles south. He, he had been just a few miles south of Jerusalem. And then he relocated to Gerar, which is closer to the uh, Mediterranean Sea and just a, a bit south. So he traveled all that way um, because of this famine. Now notice in verse 12 what Isaac does. He, so he goes to that city, and in verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold in the middle of a famine. It generally means that there's not a lot of rain. But in the middle of a famine, he reaped the same. So for every seed he planted, he got a hundred back. And he reaped the same a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Yeah. So Isaac was a blessed man. You don't receive that kind of blessing and people don't take notice of it. <laughs> people notice really quick. Um, and in the case with the Philistines, honestly, they didn't like it. They didn't care too much for it at all. Verses 12 through 15, um, beginning verse 13, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He wasn't just prosperous, he was very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants, so the Philistines envied him. So they're a little bit jealous. In the middle of this famine, this guy just keeps getting more and more wealthy. So what they do, verse 15. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they filled them with earth. In the middle of a famine, I mean, this is kind of the insanity here. In the middle of the famine, they need water, right? They need water. And so they go, the, the only guy that's really doing any good in the area, they fill his wells up with dirt. Ah. <sighs> 16 and 17, and Abraham said to Isaac, go away from us. Oh, I'm sorry. Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. So he leaves the city and goes just outside of the city and starts living just away from them. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. So they didn't care for that either. So then every time that, that Isaac went and cleaned out a well and dug it out, they fought with him over every single well that he had. They fought with him. They argued with him. This isn't your well. This is our well. One after another. Verse 23. So Isaac, what does he do? He relocates. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. So Isaac gets up and moves about another 15 miles away. Isaac was blessed by God. He, he sowed during a famine, which the natural inclination would tell us, I need to take care of today, so I'm going to eat this 
seed today. But that's not what Isaac did. He sowed into the land during a hardship, which is the opposite. Owen was up here talking about it earlier. You know, giving away money when you're, you're already short and you give it away. Next thing you know, God just, boom, he blesses you. That's, that's it's, it's against the economic standards of then. It's against the economic standards of today. But it works through the blessing of the Lord. So Isaac moves 15 miles away. So now what? Okay, so they, they tell him to leave. They go and fill up all these wells. Then when he cleans them out, they argue and they fight with him. And so Isaac's like, all right, whatever, I'm out of here. And he moves like a few miles up the road. Notice in verse 27. Well, let's start in verse 26. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar to Ahazeth, with Ahazeth, one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his armies. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and you sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, Let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. Something's finally starting to sink in. Verse 29, that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Okay. We, we ain't hurt you. We haven't done anything to you. We, we've, we've took care of you. We blessed you. We sent you off. Everything is peaceful. It's all hunky-dory, right? But no. But does Isaac make an issue of all this? Does he like, does he bring all this stuff up and say, instead, um, that's not what you guys did. Look at, look, at, look at what I went through with you people. Notice what Isaac does in verse 30 through 32. So he made them a feast and they ate and drank. Then they rose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. Let bygones be bygones. Just let it go. Just drop it. And Isaac swore this covenant, made a covenant with them that there was going to be peace between the two. Indeed, this is a blessing that Isaac is giving to the Philistines because they did not treat him well at all. But yet he still found the ability to bless them. Notice what happens in the very next verse. It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug. And they said to him, we found water. We found water. It happens the same day Isaac makes peace with his one-time enemies. He makes peace with them. He blesses them. What does God do? He turns around and blesses Isaac again in a famine. He blesses Isaac by them finding water now where, they're, where they've relocated to. This was an oath. It was a solemn oath. It was a covenant that even required witnesses. Yeah, we saw what you said. We, we was there when the contract was signed. 
Cities were important at that time. They're still important to this day. But especially back then, a lot of cities, they had walls around them. They had fortifications for protection. Um, they also provided goods, you know, from, from um, caravans that came in, you know, like, like shipping happens today, you know. And they also provided community, family, relatives. Everybody's gathered. Everybody's together. We can help each other out. You know, you fall down, I'll help pick you up. And they told Isaac to leave. But yet, so, I mean, this was a fairly impactful thing that they did. But yet, Isaac let it go, and he blessed them. It is the same way with us. You are the blessed of the Lord. Every one of us, we are the blessed of the Lord. You're the blessed of the Lord, whether you feel like it or not. Blessing is not a feeling. (laughs) No. Blessing is a reality. It is a fact. (laughs) You can't see it. You can't lay your finger on it. But yet, it doesn't mean it's not there. So, the company that you work for, you ever think in this manner, um, the company you work for, every time you walk in, you have an environment, an atmosphere, a blessing that you're saturated in. And you walk in, and now this company is blessed. They're prospering simply because you're there. You're there. The Philistines were blessed because Isaac was there. And it was after he left, they quickly realized what they'd done. Duh. Whoops. We sent the riches. He's got all the grain. Wherever he goes to dig a well, water comes pouring out. And then it's a famine. So, no matter where you go, blessing comes with you. Now, it may be intimidating to some people, this blessing, because people see it, and, and they may or may not even recognize it. For some reason, they just know they don't like you. <laughs> you know? They just, they just, I don't know what it is about that person, but she just rubs me the wrong way. And all of a sudden, they start saying things to you. What on earth did I do? It's the blessing. They're not used to it. There was, there was a lady several years ago that, that Aureli worked with that, um, man, at, at one point, she would come home and tell me the stories. I, I thought it was going to come down to a fist fight, you know, just a knockdown drag out. <laughs> and, uh, um, but she was an extremely bitter woman. And it's like she was attacking Aureli verbally, and, and she didn't even know why. So one evening, God told Aureli to get her a gift card, $25 gift card from CVS, you know, go to Applebee's. Aureli's like, what? You know what this woman's been doing to me? I don't even have the money. She opens up her purse, and there's a 20 and a $5 bills in there that she did not know where it come from. She buys the gift card. A few days, while it really builds up the courage, she gives this gift card to her. 
I'm telling you, a simple act like that, it changed this woman's life. It changed her life because she, she had been, and Aureli found out then that she'd been seriously hurt both by the church and also because of how she saw and viewed God. Her son had, a, what kind of disease did he have? Do you remember? Yeah, so he died when he was 16. And it happened like four years prior, and the woman had lost all hope in God. She was angry with him. And by this kind act that Aureli did, a simple gift card, it, it turned this woman's life around. She starts going back to church. Her and Aureli become like best friends at work. It just changed everything. So we are a blessing. We are the blessing to the world around us. And sometimes it just takes just a little tweak to change how people view that. Let's go back in time just a little bit more, back to uh, Genesis chapter 20 this time. Genesis 20, verse 17. Now, Abraham had found himself in the, almost the identical situation that Isaac had later, um, in that there was a famine, and Abraham gets up, and he relocates to Gerar, the same city. And uh, the, the name of the king is Abimelech. It's because they, they think that that was the actual title for the king, was Abimelech. So, so he goes there, and he relocates. So Abimelech takes Abraham's wife, Sarah, to be his wife. She's nearly 90 years old, but again, she's the blessed of the Lord, right? She's the blessed one. So he takes her to be his wife, and Abraham's like, well, she's my sister, you know. So Abimelech finds out in a dream that she's not, and she returns he returns Sarah to Abraham, and he calls Abraham, you know, right there on the red carpet and says, hey, what are you doing to me? What did I ever do to you? Because at this time, there wasn't a lot of striving between the Philistines and between Abraham. So notice what Abraham did. Verse 17. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech his wife, and his female servants, and they bore children. For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. He blessed him. Now, this one's a little different because Abraham blessed Abimelech with a blessing he didn't have. He didn't have a son through Sarah. It wasn't for another year before that would happen. But yet, Abraham still blessed Abimelech, and God responded and healed. There's a lie that if somebody asks for prayer, and I haven't seen that kind of healing, if I've got that issue, then, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't give you what I don't have. Well, good thing is it's not from you. <laughs> you know what changed? I used to th and I used to think that way. I really did. What changed my mind was at a Randy Clark crusade, 
I saw a young girl in a wheelchair. She was part of the prayer team, and she was laying hands and praying on people. And when I saw that, I'm like, what on earth am I worried about? (laughs) God can do anything, and he can do it through anybody. But the thing is, is that Abraham prayed for this blessing upon Abimelech. He He interceded for him for something that he really wanted. He wanted so bad, but he hadn't received it. He, wanted, he waited 25 years from the beginning of the promise until he received Isaac as a son. 25 years, and this was year 24. <laughs> but yet he still found it within himself to speak this blessing over Abimelech, and God responded. Wow. It's, that's, I mean, that's a good lesson for us, you know, that we can pray such a blessing. Somebody comes to us, and, and we're having trouble making ends meet financially, and they come and ask for a financial blessing. Pfft, sure. <laughs> and just pray for them. Now, here's a good one. This one, this one is right out of Drama City. Um, Genesis 27. From this one... I want us to see the importance of blessing. Um, when, when you, honestly, I, I was blown away. When, when you read through Genesis, it's like every major character in Genesis, we either received or was giving blessing. Every single one. So, in Genesis 27, 27 through 29, So, um, Isaac is wanting to um, pronounce a blessing over Esau. So, he tells Esau, go out and give me some of my favorite games, some of my favorite food, and come back, and I will bless you. Because Isaac thought he was going to die. Little did he know he was going to hang on for a few more decades. But he thinks that this is the end. So, I want to bless my kids. Esau is my firstborn. I want to bless him first. And quite honestly, Esau was, was Isaac's favorite. Isaac was a man's man. Okay, so if he was here today, he'd be the one, you know, in the four-wheel drive truck, you know, just tough guy, big guy, goes out hunting. A man's man. And then you have Jacob, the guy that you would see sitting in the corner reading a book. Isaac liked wild game. So, Rebecca overhears all this, and she intercedes. She's like, you got to go in and get the blessing, because he's about to give it to Esau, and you got to go in. So they come up, you know the story, they come up with this scheme for him to get all dressed up and to go in and to fool their father. So now, Isaac, thinking it is Esau, blesses Jacob. Beginning in verse 27, and he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him, as said. I guess they didn't wash clothes every time, but he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth. 
and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. Wow. Let people serve you. Nations will bow down to you. And he promised him the best of heaven and earth, the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, the best of the best. Be masters over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. So, quite a blessing. And he's thinking it's Esau. So then later Esau comes in and finds out, bless me, father. Hello, here I am. I got your, I got your stew. I went and killed this, whatever it was, and got it here for you. In verse 31, he also made savory food, speaking of Esau, and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you, your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Notice in verse 33, then Isaac trembled exceedingly. Why did he tremble? Because he, know he knows he just gave the blessing on Isaac, on uh, Jacob. Why would that bother him so much? Could, he, could it be that Isaac actually believed the things he was blessing his son with? And I'm giving it to you, and therefore I can't give it to somebody else. This, is, this, this story is showing us just how important the blessing is. Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where's the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. I blessed him. He's going to be blessed. He's going to receive favor. The favor of God to overcome all of his enemies, whoever would come up against him. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me also, oh my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. Wow. So often when we receive a blessing, when somebody blesses us, either from up here or in personal conversation, or when somebody prays for us, we kind of, and I'm, I'm speaking of myself, sometimes we take it as just, just another prayer, you know? We don't think of the power that has been transferred from one person to another. In reality, a blessing is actually a prophetic declaration. We're prophesying over people when we bless them. When we give them, impart to them the goodness of God in their life. And surely we believe that just because we said that and spoke those words, this is going to happen. It will happen. This is something that carries a lot of weight. This family knew that. 
Notice Esau's anguish. You can hear it in these words. Within a great and bitter cry, he said to his father, Bless me. Bless me also. Oh, my father. Now remember, Esau gave away the birthright for a bowl of stew, right? He gave away the birthright. What is the birthright? The birthright for him as firstborn was that he was going to receive double of everything Jacob would get. So all of his, and Isaac was a very rich man, remember. All that Isaac had, two-thirds of it would go to Esau. One-third of it would go to Jacob. Esau gave that away. When he gave this away, or any time, do you ever hear Esau so angry that he could kill his brother because of the birthright? No. What made Jacob, Esau so mad? It was the loss of the blessing. We should think about that. Because over material prosperity, this blessing was more powerful. And, and so, I mean, is blessing any weaker than it is, I mean, today than it was back then? No, it's the same. It's the same. It is a powerful thing to receive a blessing. One more example. In Genesis chapter 32, this is where Jacob receives his comeuppance. So Jacob relocates to um, Padam Aran, and uh, um, he marries Laban's daughter, Rachel and Leah, and uh, um, he gains a lot of wealth through a lot of struggles, but he gains wealth, and now he, he knows it's time to go back to Canaan because... Now he's feeling like my father's near his death. I want to be there. I want to be there for him. But now I got to deal with Esau. I got to deal with Esau. So he gets right up to the other side, just outside of where um, Esau was located. Um, Sidon, I believe. I, I don't remember now. But he locate just outside of where Esau was. He sends uh, a delegation in front of him to let Esau know and Esau's on his way with 400 men. Last time they were together, Esau wanted to kill Jacob for stealing the blessing. So, Jacob breaks up his, his large group of people into groups, and he sends them away. Now Jacob's by himself. He's alone in the middle of the night, the day before a life or death situation. He knows the promise of God. He knows the blessing. But this guy is seriously angry with him and wants to kill him. Verse 22. And he rose that night and took his two wives, his two females, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. 
Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. He's struggling with God. God appeared in the form of an angel and wrestled with him through the night. Neither one prevailed. And then all of a sudden he touches his hip maybe so Jacob doesn't run away anymore, <laughs> touches the socket of his hip, and, I mean, wrestling all night. Jacob's an old man at this point, okay? And he's wrestling with God, struggling for what? For a blessing. For a blessing. He's about to come up to the fight of his life, and now he's got, he's got so much to lose. He's got all these kids with him. Jacob struggled. He said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have prevailed with God and with men and have, you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So you guys probably know that the name of Jacob means supplanter or deceiver, liar. And Israel means contender with God. He wrestled with God all night and God blessed him. And he, he did it for a blessing. He struggled and fought for a blessing. So all of this, all these examples happen before the Old Covenant, okay? God had, made, had the Abrahamic Covenant. Oh, I forgot one other thing. God had, had made a covenant with Abraham, but this is before the Old Covenant with Moses and Israel, and obviously it's before the New Covenant too. Um, let's take a look at Genesis 12. There's one other lesson here. Genesis 12. No, 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 no. Sorry about that. I thought I wrote that down. I apologize. Genesis 20, 28, and 29. 28, okay, sorry. So go back a little bit to when Jacob and uh, Esau had their falling out. Um, Isaac discovers his blunder, you know, what he did. And in verse 1 of chapter 28, it says, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise and go to Padam Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there to your of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Now notice the blessing that, that Isaac gives to Jacob. Verse three, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit the land 
in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. Wow. So remember the, the, the blessing that Isaac gave when he thought he was Esau? You know, that he would prevail over his enemies and that um, the fatness of earth, the dew of heaven, all that stuff. This is by far the greater blessing. Perhaps Jacob or Isaac saw the error of his mistake. And sometimes we find the same way, that our heart wants something, one thing, but we know that God wants something else. And sometimes we come and we, we get that figured out, and then we follow with what God has. Because this is the blessing of Abraham. This was the greatest treasure that this family had. It was the greatest treasure uh, of, of all time. That, that their family would bless the entire earth. That all families of the earth would be blessed because of them. I believe Isaac got it figured out <laughs> and just continued pouring out blessing. So, so we see just how important blessing is. And we've also seen some people, I mean, when they, when they lost a blessing or when they thought they weren't going to get it, just how hard they fought for it. Is it the same way with us? I'll tell you no. <laughs> if we go to Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the great pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Wow. According to this, Every blessing that God has, he's already given to us. He's already poured out. There's no need to go through the struggle of Jacob or to go through the anguish of Esau that we're not going to receive the blessing. We already have it. Question is, do you believe it? Everything in the kingdom operates off of faith. Everything. Everything operates by faith. We don't have to struggle or fight or be so worried that because what I'm seeing right now doesn't look like what God has promised, that doesn't mean that it's just, just beyond what our visual eyes can see or what our mind can comprehend. We have to have faith that that blessing is there. 11 through 14. And tell me this doesn't sound like the um, Abrahamic covenant. 
In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, having believed, you were seated, I'm sorry, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to his praise of glory. Wow. Wow. Adoption as sons and daughters. We are the receivers of the inheritance that was promised to Abraham. It is ours. We have it all. It is ours. Again, I will mention, and it doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. It doesn't matter whether you feel like you're worthy. We're not. Get over it. (laughs) None of us are. It's because of what Jesus did, not because of what we did. I know we hear that church stuff all the time, but it doesn't make it any less true. It is true. We've received it all. We don't have to struggle or live a life of anguish and regret the way that um, Jacob and Esau did. We don't have to fight over it. He poured it out upon us. We have to receive. Owen said a really cool thing the other day at, at the men's meeting. Yeah, we had a men's meeting. <laughs> and uh, um, he said, the gospel is about receiving. That's the main thing of the gospel is about receiving. What God did for us and then us receiving it. We have to be able to receive. We can't let unworthiness, pride, um, whatever. We think of the, the stupid thing we did yesterday, the argument we got into with our wife or whatever. We can't allow, I, I can't believe I said that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. The blessing is still there. Do we receive it? So the next time somebody prays over you, prays a blessing in the name of Jesus Christ, when they pray for you (laughs) and speak blessing of prosperity, a blessing of peace, blessing of receiving deeper levels of the love of God, believe it, believe it is there. It is a part of us. It's a part of our life. Imagine, when you say a prayer, things happen in the heavenlies. Things in the heavenlies are right here. Things happen. Angels are scrambling to carry out that blessing. Can you see it? <laughs> Can you appreciate what God is doing for every single one of us? One of the things that has helped me in, in, in understanding um, the greatness of what God is doing and has done for all of us is through worship. When we worship, we encounter God. But you know what? Worship 
is more than just praising him and, and giving him glory. It is all of that. But it's also about receiving. Because when we praise him and glorify him, he can't help but show up. He loves it. He loves it. And especially when we do it and we don't feel like it. I ain't feeling this today. That's okay. Do it anyway. And see how God responds. He is so head over heels in love with every one of us. And he wants to bless us with everything. He has it all. Can you imagine up here piles of treasure that has been seated and sitting right here? And all we have to do is run up and grab it. Whatever it is that you're wanting. Are you wanting healing? Are you wanting healing of family relationships? Or do you need a breakthrough in your finances? God has already got it. It's right here. All we have to do is receive it. We can't work for it. We can't worry that it's not going to happen because it's right here. I'm not saying the, the um, name it and claim it, you know, say it and grab it or however that, that stuff goes. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we have to believe what God has promised. So what I wanted to do is as, as we close out is to worship God one more time. And as Sarah releases these words of blessing into the atmosphere, picture in your minds what God is doing. Because it's not only us receiving, but it's Him, it's Him giving. It's us giving Him His love and then Him pouring out what He has for all of us. And the things that haven't been answered, we've been waiting, waiting, waiting. The things that haven't been answered, it's going to be all right. It's going to work out. It's going to be fine. We have to believe it because the blessing is there. So as we get close to the end of this song, I would like for the prayer team to come up. If any of you need prayer for anything, if you need a prophetic word, these are the people to come to. They want to bless you. They want to bless you with what God has for you. Thank you, everybody. And God bless you with a beautiful weekend, time with God, prosperity, and peace in all things and all areas of life. In Jesus' name. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you.
In the 
Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.